Welcome to to Solutions with Courtney Anderson. This is Courtney Anderson. I want to thank you for being here today and being part of the show. We are very fortunate that we have an episode here in episode 261. This show is the debut of our Technology Terror Series. Technology Terror. Terror. What are we talking about in our technology terror series? Well, this is a show that is very timely. It's a show that I'm uh, unfortunately experiencing relatively recently in, in my own professional experience. The concept is with technology terror that so many times I know that it's happened uh, to me as I just shared and I'll go into a little bit more uh, detail here in a few minutes, where we, we throw our hands up and we say, my goodness, I'm in a state of terror. I'm terrorized with fear and anxiety and apprehension over technology. And when we sit and we, we think about it, how many times do you go out in life and you're trying to uh, do something at a store or a business and, and they'll tell you, oh, the computers are down or a network is down. And in fact, I'm even thinking of an occasion uh, where I was at a governmental uh, agency where I had to uh, get something related to, to my passport. That's a you know big deal. And and I I remember driving you know to a town like an hour away from from where I lived to try to get this really important governmental office meeting for my important governmental document. And they let me know the computers are down. So it's not something that's just in the in the private sector. It's not something that we deal with uh, that we're immune to if we're in a public sector or a governmental agency. The idea that we are held captive, that we are terrorized when technology goes astray, or most likely what technology experts would say, that we don't understand it or we're not utilizing it correctly. That state of apprehension, again, of fear, of concern, of, of anxiety, that I can't get the technology to function, so I can't get my work done, is what this series is about. And when you look at the show notes for this series, you'll see we talk about the idea that that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> the idea between us as humans and technology, we're all supposed to be on the same team, rowing in the same direction. And when we look at what went wrong, I talk about in the show notes this idea of being interdependent. Ideally, we should both respect and rely on each other. I would argue technology may be a little bit more reliant on us um, than we are relying on it, solely because we created the technology. That's what it should be. That technology is a tool. Like humans, we we mastered how to create a fire, uh, and then that should have been an asset. We could cook. Uh, we could use fire to do all types of things. It kept us warm. Um, again, it protected us uh, from the elements. It was a tool that we, that we sort of harnessed and learned how to utilize in different ways. Technology, modern technology, especially uh, computer-based, Internet-based technology, should be a tool that is helping us succeed and, as we know, surpass our goals. Things happen 
in life where our knowledge of the tools, right, does not necessarily equate with the capabilities, capabilities of the tools. And usually that's not a big deal. It's not stressful, right? Like I drive an automobile, a car. I don't know how to build a car. I don't know how to even repair a car. But that's usually not a problem. If I buy a, a well-made vehicle, uh, I, I utilize it. I utilize it, you know, as intended. I don't abuse it or, you know, neglect it or um, do things to cause it not to function. <laughs> and usually it functions. And then if it doesn't, and if it's a severe situation, then I'll take it to a mechanic or repair shop. So I don't have to necessarily be an expert in, a, in something or an expert in a tool field, right, how to create the tool, how to manage the tool, how to maintain the tool, to be able to use the tool. We do it all the time. I don't have to be able to build hardware or software to be able to use it. The challenge is when it, when it appears as if it's not doing what it's supposed to, quote, unquote, when we, when we need it to. And so this episode, episode 261, again, introducing technology terror as a new series. And our specific episode, which, uh, again, is very timely for me, uh, is entitled Meetings Are Not Tech Test Sessions. Meetings are not tech test sessions. So what we're discussing here is the idea that, my goodness, we have something exciting happening at work, and it's in some sort of uh, setting we just generically are calling a meeting. So it could be a meeting, everybody's in a, in a meeting room at, a, at an office together. It could be a virtual meeting where people are on a conference call or a, a web interface. It could be um, a, a meeting where someone is calling in to a platform, for instance, like this podcast. So we are maybe having a meeting where we're presenting information. Maybe we're giving a presentation. And our tech does not function the way that we intended it to function at the time we need it to function. And I've, I've shared that this is timely for me literally just today. There was a, a very exciting workplace opportunity, and the tech that I was interdependent on and have utilized hundreds of times. It's not a tech that was brand new or tech I've never used or it was something I've utilized hundreds of times. And at the appointed time for this important and exciting meeting that I was really looking forward to and, and very um, anxious about in a healthy way, right? I had anxiety about, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen, how it's gonna go, what I'm gonna learn. Uh, the tech did not work as intended. And so my own individual frustration was then coupled with uh, the other attendee or attendees that were unable to participate in the way that they were supposed to because it's technically more. And that drove home to me the amount of times I have, again, just been out in the world and I'm, you know, at an airport and, oh, my goodness, you can't do anything about the plane uh, or, or do anything right now to help with your reservation. The computers are down. Or, you know, that, like I said, that happened at the government agency that I went to to try to get my government paperwork together. I mean, it's happened, who knows how many times. It's happened, I've gone to order food at a takeout restaurant, and they say, well, you know, our computers are down. So when the, quote, computers are down, their network's down or whatever, then, then often I know when I'm the one on the other side of it, right? 
not when I'm the provider or my entity or I work there, but when I'm on the other side, I'll think in my mind, and sometimes I'll even say, well, you know, whose fault is that? It's not my fault that your computers are down. You should still be able to take my order manually or process my question. Just, you know, what do you do when the computers are down? You just stop doing everything and everyone just sort of sits there and looks at each other. And I've expressed this frustration, and I know I'm not alone listeners. I know some of you in the community listening have had this same experience or something similar where you think to yourself, well, you know, it's not really my fault or my problem, but I'm here now and you need to fix this or help me. And if the computer is down, you need to have some sort of workaround or way to do this. And some of us who are a little bit older, like myself, very fortunate to be alive and fortunate to have lived a little bit. I remember life before the internet. I remember life before uh, computers at everybody's uh, workplace, much less everybody's home. I really do remember this. I grew up like that. So I would sometimes say to people, well, you know, what did you do before the computer? What did you do before the Internet? Because you had all these same entities. You had government agencies, and you had businesses and restaurants and all kinds of things. You had airports. What did you do? So I share sort of a 360-degree perspective on the frustration. When you're the, when you're the person who's trying to engage in the interaction, when you're the person in the meeting and you're sitting there and someone else is giving a presentation and it's not working, and then that person starts to say things like, oh, my goodness, oh, I, you know, I'm not getting it to, slot to, 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 to load. It's not uh, displaying the correct way. If it's a virtual meeting or distributed uh, meeting, people will say, can you see my screen? I'm sharing my screen. Do you see what I'm supposed to be sharing? And then someone says, well, no, we don't see anything or we don't hear anything. And that frustration level just gets higher and higher and higher. And I've been the one on that side who is the one trying feverishly, desperately, with so much embarrassment and mounting anxiety and, and shame, really. You know, my slide isn't showing correctly. My computer screen isn't sharing. My software won't work to let the important uh, podcast guest in or have the online uh, conference call. I, I mean, I, we've, I've been on all kinds of this, and it's just all around negative. So this whole series of technology terror is from, of course, I'm not a tech expert by any means, but I'm a tech enthusiast. I look at the, the benefits, um, the advantages, the enhancements that technology as a tool when used correctly and appropriately has brought to my life and to my business. And it's, there's no question. It's fantastic. I'm a fangirl, right? I love and when it when it does what it's supposed to, it's amazing. It allows small businesses to compete on a global scale. It allows connections between um, like-minded individuals, between scholars, between uh, research uh, team members, between customers and clients uh, around the world. It's just amazing. But I, again, have been in that situation where I don't know enough to, quote, fix a problem when I'm in that moment, and that leads to a negative outcome where I'm either the one embarrassed, uh, red-faced, stressed out, freaking out, that I can't make the technology work, and feeling that 
other people are thinking, well, you know, why didn't you do something ahead of time to fix this? And then I've been the person on the other side saying, well, geez, I drove an hour to get to this governmental office and your computer's down. Are you serious? And you're asking me if I'm going to come back, I, you know, and I, I, I moved the whole workday around so I can drive here. And I'll give a positive outcome to that government story. Actually, what, what I did was I said, well, okay, computers are down now. And, and, I, and I said, so why don't I just go run errands? Like, you know, go look at some things in this town that I, you know, that I don't live in. And while I do that, hold my, my spot on the appointment list, and then I'll just keep checking back in with you by phone. And then I'll just come back by here, and hopefully over the next few hours it'll resolve itself. Because that was a better use of the resource than to drive all the way back to where I'm from and then try to come back a whole other day and line up an appointment and, and work and, and everything. So that actually worked out. We drove around, did some errands, and then sure enough, everything came, the system came back online or came back up, and yay, we could go over there and just five minutes process and we're on with our lives. So that actually turned out better than it, you know, it could have. So when we look at this, when we say meetings are not a tech test session, we just talked about I am sharing um, in full candor, and then on all sides of this. I've been the person frustrated sitting there thinking, oh, really? You know, why did they tech test this out before? Or the person who's a customer getting mad, thinking, you know, they're wasting my time, right? The, uh, especially in some cultures uh, where people are a little bit more fast-paced. That's, that's one of the, the most um, negative things you can say to someone in many cultures in the world. People who are kind of a, you know, time is money and time is very important. And it's sort of a fast-paced way of doing things. They get very upset when they feel the time is wasted, right? And business people pretty much around the world tend to share some version of that worldview, just because in, in business, you are having to measure so much. You're measuring time, you're measuring output, you're measuring labor. I mean, you have to. And so in the, in the business world, just as a global community, and then certainly in some of the cultures and, and then uh, that exist in the world, when you, when you waste somebody's time, I mean, there's almost nothing you know, more egregious than that. So my, my, my points are simply that technology is not the thing that's causing the terror, right? I'm a technology fan. I think very few of us would say that there's zero benefit to technology. Now, some people would say that. I said very few. Some people would make the argument all tech is bad and maybe we should more of a back to basics movement. And that's uh, another show, another topic. And it's interesting. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. But for the parameters of this uh, series and certainly this episode, my, my hypothesis is that tech is overall a, quote, good thing. I like air conditioning technology. Um, I like uh, clean water. I like to be able to be online and not have to get on a plane, you know, to fly a thousand miles when I can just uh, use technology and see in real time through the internet the same um, experience that I would have had by having to physically travel somewhere. So I like it. I'm, I'm making the argument that it's a good thing. I'm also very candid that I'm not a tech expert. I don't know how to build really much of anything. I have some rudimentary skills. But, but in that moment where you're like a deer in headlight when you're, headlights when you're just frightened, that's what it really is. That care, I'm frightened. My meeting is not going well. My meeting's not going at all. You know, my meeting might uh, not even exist because the whole thing was, it fell apart because of tech. Now, my argument is because of tech, but it's really not, right? Because tech is a tool that we use. The meeting fell apart because 
we did not plan ahead and plan alternatives sufficiently. That's what fell apart. And I'm including things such as, I was giving a, a presentation several years ago, and I was in on the northern part of the United States. I was in Vermont, which is a beautiful part of the United States. Uh, and I was there, and it was a pretty, um, you know, bad winter storm, and the electricity went out. In the middle of my presentation, so when the electricity goes out, obviously your ability to have a presentation, whether it's a, a slides or uh, a PowerPoint or uh, any other software that you're using to show people your audio-visual presentation, is not going to happen because I don't have any, I don't have any electricity. Plus, everybody in the room, of course, was plunged into, you know, darkness, and, and then, of course, everything went off, right? Uh, so that happens, right? Sometimes it's just something really, really beyond our control. So even if I planned meticulously for, you know, 10 years for that meeting, I still could have had something like that happen, and it would have sort of been, like, beyond my control. True. So I say plan ahead, but I also say plan alternatives. Ideally, going into things in life, I want to have thought about ahead of time, have I set things up correctly to the best of my understanding and knowledge? And then do I have an alternative if these things don't work like I anticipate, like the electricity goes out? I did have one. Uh, and what we did is I had a illumination on my smartphone, like, you know, the flashlight. And I knew my content. And we opened up a door to make sure we had some light so we weren't just all sitting there in the dark and Made, you know, everyone's safe and we got a little enough light. And uh, I just kept talking. The idea that without the technology, we can't do our jobs. Sometimes is an accurate statement that we can't do our job in that setting. So I was in a physical space with people in Vermont when electricity went out, so I was able to go ahead and just be talking to them. It had this been an online or distributed meeting. Well, I would have been in trouble because I couldn't have kept talking and they, and they have been able to hear me. I could have kept talking, but they wouldn't have heard me because I need the technology to function for them to be able to hear me, right? So obviously, no matter what we do in life, there's going to be something that comes up that's just going to stop us dead in our tracks. But that's not usually what causes us the anxiety and the stress. It, it's not sort of a, a completely um, understandable active, you know, nature that's caused us to have problems because then people will understand, oh, well, of course you can't process my order. You know, there's been an earthquake or the electricity's out or we're in the middle of a, a hurricane. Okay, people understand that. The thing that causes people to stress is when, when it's not that level and there's what seems to be a relatively minor issue. So you want to plan ahead and you want to plan an alternative. The alternative is if this fails and my PowerPoint or my uh, overhead slides, yes, I'm a little bit older, overhead slides don't work, what else am I going to do? What other way do I have to convey information? And for years, what I would do is travel around with uh, flip charts, just like either uh, paper flip charts or dry erase boards. Because worst case scenario, I'm going to pull that out and keep going. So I'm going to plan ahead and plan an alternative. Now, the challenge when we're doing something where the alternatives are limited or the alternatives are all tech-based, right? So let's say that I have a, a, an online or distributed experience and people are supposed to use a certain phone number to call in. 
And let's say that they report back to me, they're using that phone number to call in and it's not functioning as anticipated. It's either telling them they need some sort of special access code or there's some other impediment to them being able to join into the, the meeting. Now, the first part of it is by planning ahead, I myself would have tested that, right? I would have called myself to see, does this number work as intended? Let's say that that happened and I did call plan ahead and I tested it when I started to get feedback from people. People said, oh, I'm here and I'm ready to log in or participate, but I can't get in because the number doesn't work. And let's say that I've gone ahead and planned ahead and called and I heard it work like it was supposed to and it didn't re require any kind of special access code. And then when I got the feedback, I did that again. I called the same number and it still wasn't requiring any type of access code. Here's the catch, though. That's just the, the phone I'm calling on. From either my office or my home office or a mobile device. I don't know what phone system they're using. So the challenge as we have so many uh, discrete types of mobile devices and uh, phone systems and hardware and software is that we are trying to troubleshoot and problem solve things when we don't have all the data and access to all the different ways and all the different platforms that our, our tech tool that we're trying to use in the meeting is supposed to function on. I don't know how many of you have shared the experience, and I have, and again, all candor, where it's a tech tool, but it's not a meeting. So let's say I'm, I'm at my, my home and I'm getting ready to relax. I just want to relax. I, I sometimes use a phrase uh, to my family and friends. I say, I just want to, you know, unplug my brain. <laughs> I just want to really honestly just relax. I don't want to think about anything that's substantive. I just want to daydream or, you know, watch silly, goofy things or funny things or whatever. I just want to totally veg out, chill out. And my internet goes down. So I can't watch my internet shows. Maybe I had a Netflix or something that I wanted to enjoy, but I can't because the internet's down. Um, or before that, let's say my cable. When I used to have cable TV. Uh, my cable quit working. And then I call tech support, right? So you call tech support, and then one of the first things they do is ask you if you have uh, rebooted, right? If you've, like, turned everything off and unplugged it and then replugged it back in to kind of let it reset itself. And I used to get frustrated and say, well, I don't know why they're asking me that. You know, you know how silly and, and, or stupid do they think I am? Obviously, I would have tried that. But here's the thing. I've actually asked people in the past, tech support people, you know, how many people do you talk to that actually haven't tried that and that that's the solution? And it's a pretty high percentage. And the thing is, when I call tech support, the tech person doesn't know anything about me. They don't know if I know how to unplug and reset things or if I'm, or I'm totally lost. Their knowledge base is usually, by definition, higher than mine. That's why I'm calling them for help, right? And the, and the frustration I used to express sometimes, I'm ashamed of. Because how are they supposed to know my knowledge level and expertise? And what they're going to do is start with the easiest stuff first, right? And I think they're the most common causes. And then work from there. Meetings should not be a tech test session. We should not have a meeting and for the very first time in our entire lives ever pull out brand new tech. 
oh, I've never used this software or computer. I've never logged into this. I don't know, you know, I don't even know what my credentials are. This should not be the first time ever that we are trying something during a meeting where we have other people there who are then just forced to sit and kind of watch us try to, to, to do something. That's not fair. That's not professional. We did not plan ahead. So one of the ways that we can address this is don't ever do something for the first time in that meeting, unless the purpose of the meeting is an actual test, test session. Well, then, yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, if it was a session or a laboratory where you're testing something, then no one's upset. That's the purpose of it. So one of the, the sort of the look at takeaways from this to help our lives be better, easier, help us surpass our dreams and goals. Don't try new things in the meeting, okay? We plan ahead. And it, it, it reminds me back to, you know, when I was younger and my, my grandmother, you know, or my mom or dad would say, you know, don't wear those brand new shoes, you know, to that big uh, school thing, right? So don't wear brand new shoes that first day of school because you haven't broken the shoes in. In other words, they're brand new and they might not really work the way you want or they might be slippery or they might not fit the way you expect. And if you wear them, it's, you know, something you're excited about and they don't really work, then you're in brand new shoes and either your feet hurt or they, they don't, you know, they're too slippery, you fall down or whatever, right? Like you don't wear them, you break them in. It's the same thing with tech. So plan ahead. That's an easy, relatively easy thing to do. The, the next part is, and yes, I'll add the caveat. If you're at a workplace and you're not in charge of making the decisions and somebody else tells you you have to try tech for the first time in that meeting, well, then you have to do it. If you're going to stay in that environment and be um, in compliance with those um, express mandates, but then that's not a decision you made, it's a decision someone else made, then I'm saying to them, don't do that, okay? So don't ask somebody else or you yourself, try a brand new tech for the first time during the meeting. Have a test session ahead of time and test it out. When you plan ahead, and plan alternatives, you're never going to get to a place where you never have a complete tech malfunction or, or, or uh, inability to continue. But what you're going to do is dramatically decrease those types of negative experiences from eradicating the entire uh, experience. I can still continue on. If I'm uh, having a meeting and my goodness, tech's not working, hey, I've got my hand and I can write something down on a, on a piece of paper or on a tablet. I can do uh, many other things that continue to meet the goals, whatever the stated goals of goals of the meeting are, right? I got an alternative. Just keep going. That's the whole thing. Just keep going. Keep going, right? And as I said at the outset, this, this, was, a, this was a series that's been planned for a long time, Technology Terror Series, and uh, hadn't actually intended to launch it today, but I had such uh, personal, you know, again, embarrassment, frustration, shame, and my, my tech planning um, and my tech alternatives um, failed, and I was unable to provide a, uh, a meeting experience or podcast experience for a client. And then I said, "Well, what better time to, to introduce this, this series because it's it's so part of our lives. It's so much part of our lives. We should be interdependent, not dependent on that angry with our tech. It should be a tool that we use to our benefit. We must plan ahead. We must plan alternatives." I will share with you that I'm I'm hopeful that I will have another opportunity to resolve the tech issues I had uh, earlier today and, and have some other alternatives in place so that if one access route to the, the meeting doesn't work, that I've got other ones immediately ready to deploy. And that's when the technology, again, 
is a tool. Thank you for joining me. As always, please come to CourtneyAnderson.com, and uh, I look forward to your feedback, and you, thank you for being part of our community.